Hello, everybody. This is your girl, Slig Vic. Welcome to Peace, Toast, and Jam. Well, I am currently walking on a gorgeous trail, a bike trail, actually, um, in Tampa, Florida, with Javi. Say hello, so say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and our pup, Chomper, who is doing Chomper. a really good job today. Chomp. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. There he is. Good boy. And we actually just sparked up a conversation about how, especially younger individuals, really need good mentors in their life in order to succeed in the world. So we were specifically talking about young men, which I think we can start out by talking about. And maybe we'll touch a little bit on young ladies as well. But I wanted to talk about this because the the topic of of what we're talking about right now was brought to our attention by Javi saying, you know what? Like I, there's a lot of things in which I want to reach in my lifetime as far as, you know, being a, a dangerous human. And when you say that, I think a lot of individuals maybe think like, oh, what does he want to do? Like, you know, around like, you know taking people's lives and like, no, that's not, that's not the point of it. But being able to protect yourself, protect others and not live this life in fear. And, you know, I'm just to disclose cause we were talking about it, but he, he carries and yeah. he's also, you know, a very well-trained um, individual in jujitsu. He's an athlete. Um, he has a lot of other experience in his background that allows him to be recognized as someone who could potentially be a dangerous human being. Um, but with all that being said, we are talking about how young men specifically may grow up in this world without having good mentors or good guidance. And those are usually the individuals that end up in really bad spots, um, you know, in jail or really tough spots, um, just not being good humans. So I guess we can just elaborate on that. Do you think that's true? Like, what are your thoughts on that as a whole like if well i think it should be elaborated on the dangerous part i think this idea that i was talking about comes from like young me mm-hmm. um preteen. like i grew up in a very i don't know what to call it besides what it is very dangerous environment as a kid safe in the sense that my parents were very safe and they were very good parents but dangerous in the sense that the environment around me was gang-ridden, violent-ridden, and all that. So, like, what I was saying when I said that was I didn't know that what I wanted to be was to be peaceful, but, like, the Jordan Petersons and everybody Mm -hmm. else has mentioned that, like, there's a difference between being peaceful and harmless. Peaceful is a choice. Harmless, you have no choice. So you just become very agreeable with everybody else. You don't get to make a decision or you don't get to protect yourself if somebody decides to step into the boundaries or the confines of like what's not socially acceptable and put hands on you or your family or just threaten them in general. Chop, right? Ooh, that, those are good points. You so know? do you think, so I mean, obviously the, you can only speak for yourself is, you know, when you were younger, what, what did the young hobby think about? Like, were you more i wanted to be a warrior okay okay uh to the fullest extent of what that meant that's why i joined the military was because my whole life i wanted i knew i was going to be a warrior and i think i've told you this story but it's Mm -hmm. too deep to talk about right now (laughs) but like the moment i decided to not go into a world of crime and to go into a world of like 
how else can I be a warrior without doing crime, without breaking the law or killing people mm. in an unlawful manner or something like that. Yeah. And at the time, my idealistic way was like the military. So mm. that's why I joined the military. Mm. That is good. Now, for individuals that don't maybe want to join the military, because um, you know, it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. um, what would you suggest they have in their life as a form of suffering discipline oh some sort of suffering yeah enjoy suffering enjoy suffering how does that how does one enjoy suffering (laughs) (laughs) because i've always said like through through these episodes and whatnot i'm like okay pain is temporary suffering is optional yeah you know because that's something that i feel like we do choose but i I said that you know it's funny enough we're talking about this there's a post Mm. that came up on instagram for me one time Mm. that was talking about like all the young men asked ask whatever question you want and then all the older men come in and answer questions in the thing and one of the questions i chose to answer because we had just talked about it was fear somebody said like man life is really scary do you ever get over it and i was like no experience teaches you that scary shit isn't as scary as you think it is but it'll always be scary just the outcome ends up like experience ends up telling you that even though you're afraid it's okay but the only way to learn that is to go into the fear same with suffering i say suffering but what is suffering like sitting in a sauna for five minutes longer you're gonna freaking suffer (laughs) but it's good suffering you know what i mean uh yes i don't know working out a little harder Mm. skipping a meal just because you've never done that before right like doing stuff that you know deep down is can be beneficial for you Mm -hmm. but making it suck in some way Chop, right. I love that because I think a lot of times individuals think that suffering means like the all like the craziest things, like being dropped in the middle of a desert for like seven days and you have to figure out how to like live. You know, that yeah, is you a can't form. start there. Correct. So I think that's I believe that when people are like, Oh, I gotta suffer, you I gotta might, do hard you can't things. Start there. You might end there though. Right, you and you might end there. But to start out, I think it's important for people not to try to do it all in one step especially individuals that are like they've never done it of course there are those individuals that would would do it and succeed maybe because just they have that resilience inside and that they never even tried to tap into and it's there but i would say for most individuals who are you know obviously not going the military route maybe have no other route of you know discipline or whatever do some self-discipline by experimenting with suffering i think that's a really good idea which is funny because the reason we said we should just film this was because you were talking about having male role models in your life yes and how having like a strong uh, i don't know if aligned is the right word because is anybody really aligned with each other's goals but like a strong guiding role model mentor yeah mentor I, like I said, I was lucky. I had a terrible upbringing in the sense of my environment, but a great upbringing in the sense of my parents. I had a very strong role model that is my father. Yes. Who oh, yeah. accidentally on purpose instilled that doing the easy thing is usually wrong. Mm-hmm. And doing the hard thing is usually right. And yes. that you should do more hard things than easy things mm-hmm. because you'll learn more out of the hard thing than the easy thing. I agree. And I've met your father and he definitely seems like a solid individual in that. Um, interesting you were saying that about the easy thing, the hard thing. I was listening to, um, I think it was a reel or whatnot. And they were saying how a lot of times children nowadays, especially with parents, are being way too sheltered. And of course, this world <laughs> is different than it was 
20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50, 100 years ago. You know, there's a lot other greater dangers, I guess, in the world, but there's always been danger in the world. You know what's funny is the greater danger in the world is the same danger it's always been. We've always, when we go out into the wilderness, we say we're scared of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But as all the time, and I told you this the other time you asked me, you're not afraid. All the stuff I've ever seen, having been on mission or having been on training or having been on whatever it is, just camping, the most dangerous thing in the wild is humans. Yes. Well, yes, it is. Like, it's it crazy. Is. It's really crazy because the yeah. most dangerous, the thing we're, like, the least scared of iner- inertly mm-hmm. is the most dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. If you're out in the wild and you see a human and they come up to your campsite or to your whatever site, you're like, what the hell is yeah. this person doing? <laughs> yeah. But if, if a fucking cougar, sorry, if a cougar walked across, <laughs> you'd be like, oh, no, yeah. that's a threat. But so, sort of not because it also sees you as a threat. And it's like, uh, it's kind of predictable what it can do. Well, Yes, and I think individuals have more respect for nature's threats versus human threats. Mm-hmm. Because I do see individuals, like, think about the most hard-headed, you know, badass person out there who thinks they can take on anyone in the world. If a bear comes into their tent, what do you think they're doing? Most likely trying to defend themselves, or they're getting to shelter, or they're just peeing their pants uh-huh. of being super scared. If someone else comes into the tent, they're like, oh, yeah, I got this, no big deal, without actually understanding fully the extent of what that could be right because you're saying human threat is the worst so with all that being said Sorry, what i no that's okay no that no it's totally good insert um they were the real was talking about how parents are sheltering their kids too much they're they're softening them by sheltering them by not allowing them to experience so much because okay so take an individual like yourself you're a father you have two little ones you know what it's like to grow up in a very harsh environment but let's just say that you totally smothered your children with all the luxuries of life, all the things that you never had in every aspect and didn't put them into any kind of danger. And I'm not saying that like you, like, you know, parents should like throw their kids to the wolves, but I think there is a balance. But what are your thoughts on that? Because I think a lot of people nowadays are saying that they're, they're not allowing their children to be on their own as much which is hindering their growth so that one day when they really truly are on their own let's say their parents are just something happens they're no longer with their kids or you know oh like you want to go off to college by yourself good luck and then these kids just don't know how to like call up their doctor to make an appointment i mean like it's that serious so what are your thoughts on that wow uh a lot (laughs) yeah controlled suffering is what comes into mind yeah because we've We've talked about this, and I heard, uh, I believe it was Kevin Hart say something similar to this, that he drove his kids to those old towns or the ghetto, and they, his kids oh. thought it was super cool. Because <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, look how like crazy it looks and like yeah. stuff. And he was like, no, this is super dangerous and bad. Yeah. Like, I've done the same with my kids, and yeah. I've taken them not, like, to the worst places I've lived, but like, mm. to places I lived, they're like, whoa. Right. <laughs> um, so they have no knowledge, and you can't go have them see a dead body because that traumatized that could traumatize them in a way that's not productive right so it's controlled suffering it's controlled chaos Mm -hmm. it's uh your kid falls on the floor and your instinct is to grab him and be like oh my god are you okay my instinct hey chomp sit oh sorry you're good sorry there was a bike around the round right yeah so my instinct while it's the same free it's uh free yeah lead it's slightly different in the sense of like I make them get up on their own. Mm. Uh, like the example, two things that popped into mind yesterday: your nephew, 
Oh, yeah. When Elias took off running, he was like, wait, we can't. <laughs> we can't run. And your nephew turned back and looked at me, and he was like, wait, can we run? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, go run. And then when yeah. he fell, both of my kids knew that if they cried like he is crying, yeah. that even though he fell and scraped his knees and everything like that, mm-hmm. there would be wall squats for losing control of yourself. Yes. Until you're able to gain control again. Then we'll assess. Are you injured? Are you broken? Like, what's wrong? Right. Because you... I don't know. You have to like mitigate their reactions and teach them yes. appropriate level reactions to appropriate things. I agree. I agree. I think that was a great example because my my nurturing um, reaction and response to those situations is like if I see a little one fall, I just want to scoop them up. Are you okay? Oh my gosh! And in a lot of situations, that could what that can make the the, the child think react worse. Oh gosh, there's something wrong with me. Oh oh, she's really reacting hard. Or okay, worst well, I'm case gonna... scenario, look at all this awesome attention I got from falling and Cru- getting hurt. Yes, attention seeking. So then, what do these kids do? They grow up to be adults. And they live in this you know adult society, and everything is an extreme to them when things fall fall down in their world when they fall down it's like extreme emotional distraught and it's like no one's there to wipe their tears it's funny you said the girl thing earlier because that's the trickiest one for me because i was never a girl so i don't really know what i would have liked to be treated as to grow up to be me Mm. you know what i mean oh you mean when i was talking about mentorship yeah yeah but what's funny with caroline is i do the exact same thing with caroline as i do with elias yeah you do like, do. And for those who don't know, he has both a little boy and a little girl. So, you know, he brings them up. Obviously, there's some differences because one is a little girl and a little boy. But as far as discipline goes and what we're talking about, these... I don't know. It's almost identical. Yeah, it's pretty much identical. And I think that's really interesting. Because they both get love. It's not yes, like my daughter course. gets more affection or oh, more yeah. care or I'm more tender with her. No, no both of them. They both get a very tender, caring yes. side of me. But they also get a very stern, strict, and disciplined side of me as well. Yes, they do. Caroline, if she's scared of something, go boy, right? (laughs) If she's scared of something, nope, right? Then Mm -hmm. she has to face it just the same as Elias. If she freaks out and cries, then guess what? She has to do wall squats and push-ups just like Elias. Right. Like, it's it's completely irrelevant. Freak. No, I absolutely love that. I remember the one time we were at Chipotle... And Caroline was, oh, was uh, really great. nervous about going up to the counter to ask for a cup for water or cheese. something. Cheese. Okay, cheese. <laughs> the girl loves cheese. And she's like, oh, no, I'm, a, I'm nervous. I'm afraid. And you said, you, you got to do it. You mm-hmm. got to do it. And what, she, was and, like, she was like, I don't even want it anymore. I was like, yep. well, now you have to do it. Yes. Yes, that was so good, too, on you. Because you could have been like, okay, cool. You don't get cheese. Like, yeah. yeah. No. But you, put, you made her... <sighs> push through that fear and I felt like that was such a huge moment for her and the way she popped back over I mean you could tell she was like holding her like little smile back and she's like you know here's the cheese that I got which I don't even know does she I, eat the cheese I don't remember but <laughs> we both gave her tons of praise we for did it. and, and we, we were like great did. yeah good so that's another point about this and is when little ones do something like that I think it is so important to praise them so important to praise them when they are doing something that's beneficial in the long run for themselves and when they conquer those fears that is huge because they're going to remember that as ooh, wow look at the attention I got for that yeah, like that was positive fears, yes hard stuff correct brings correct. brings positive or better rewards than yes. doing the easy thing which is just ah, I'm good right ah, I don't oh, want that is so good no, I really like that now as far as mentorship oh yeah for women oh, yeah. um 
for myself, I mean, I had a very strong woman as my mother growing up. She is, she's definitely a fiery little aggressive thing. And, you know, she's not afraid to speak her mind. I think that is something in which I had as a good guidance in life. She also supported me and the things that I wanted to do. And I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, a woman who grew up doing a lot of things. I think that many other women probably wouldn't just do on their own. Um, but I was always supported in that, which I think that was really cool. So I think the same thing goes for, you know, men and, you know, when they're growing up is to have a good support system and someone who's going to guide them, not into like, like, oh, well, you got to figure it out all on your own, but like a slight guide, which kind of goes back to the fear-based thing because it's like, and what I was saying about not having children be completely sheltered in life. I'm sure there are some things I chose to do as a kid. My mom or dad were like, I mean, we know she's not going to get crazy hurt, but I mean, she might get hurt, but she's got to figure it out on her own. But look at my side. I was in the hospital like three, four times a year, every year. Right. (laughs) Yeah. As a kid. Yeah. I know. Oh, Can you really control them? I know. I know. You just kind of got to give them good guidelines and hope for the best. Yes. So with all this being said, what I was kind of talking about in the beginning, this all comes full circle is a lot of times we can trace back why people are the way they are based upon their childhood. Obviously that doesn't have to always be the exact truth. Like there's things that happen, middle-aged people that change them. Um, but I think childhood is a good spot. And as far as, you know, if we were, we were originally talking about young men, there's a lot of young men who are growing up without strong father figures or even a father figure in the household. And we've talked about this thoroughly before. Mm-hmm. And your opinions on it, it seemed to be, you know, there are going to be some men who grow up. I think the with, most dangerous people in the world are ones that didn't have an example of who to follow. Yeah. They really, like, uh, they're just super dangerous. Like, I don't know. Again, having grew up with a lot of gangs in my area, I never was in a gang, thank goodness. But, like, most of my friends didn't have dads. The dads mm. were never around. The dads were killed in gang fights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was just self-perpetuating violence. Right. So, it's like, if you don't have a, a role model, literally, then you have to be a, a it father doesn't have to be figure. a father, yeah. It's just a role model, a good, strong male role model. Typically, there can be, obviously, any gender can do any job. It's just more... I don't know, statistically probable for a male to fill that role than a mm-hmm. woman. But there could be right. super, super strong women that could do the same thing. Strong in the, not in the physical strength, but mm-hmm. strong in the, the disciplinary sense of standing and ignoring how you want to coddle them, but you know you shouldn't coddle them. Mm-hmm. Like how many times have I basically cried because I was like too strict on my kids and we oh. spent the whole day yeah. doing something. But it's like, no, I'm willing to die on this mountain so they know that I mean what I say. Yeah. It sucks, but, like, no one ever said being a dad was going to be the best thing ever, except it is the best thing ever, so, like, it sucks, but it doesn't. But that also shows, like, consistency in your your teaching to them. Yeah, Um, And and I think that is super important. That's kind of on another path, but the consistency in... No, it's okay. No, there's so many things we can kind of branch off on this, but that's something I have noticed with you and I've noticed with other parenting, you know, parents, their parenting is the consistency in the discipline, because if you're going to say, no, you're going to do wall squats if you don't do X, Y, and Z or if you, whatever, and then they don't do it and they somehow get away with it. You're they're they're training you, but they're also, they're learning and they're, you know, teaching 
you how to treat them and vice versa. You know, it's the whole, it's the whole thing. So in the same breath, how do you feel about young men only growing up with a father figure and not with a mother or not with a woman in their life? Hmm. Because we've talked about this and you're like, you know what? I think our world would be very like, we'd have a lot of things done. Everything would be pretty disciplined. You know, everything would be oh, aligned. Yeah. My but the, thought on that, I the think nurturing. Women are the only reason worth living. That's sweet. Yeah. Like, literally, if you don't have a woman that loves you in your life, mm. like your life isn't as meaningful as it can be. Mm. Is how I believe on that. So like, yeah. imagine a young child without a mother. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be their biological mother. It has to be somebody sit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Leave. It has to be somebody that that can be that role for them, be their shoulder to cry on. That's softer than their their yeah. dads, I guess. Can both? Can a dad feel both? Yes. Can a mom feel both? Yes. Yeah. Is of that course. fair to that human? No. And mm-hmm. yeah, like to be fair, it doesn't matter if it's fair because you signed up for it. You should stand up and feel the responsibility. But if you can find a woman to play the the tender role, the the empathetic role. Yeah. More organically than a male can. No. Mm-hmm. Then I think it's better. Yeah, I, I think. I think it makes you a more well-rounded human. I was I was just gonna say that I think the well-roundedness is what's what's needed in that in in the development of that that young child, um, and being able to socialize. And be emotionally intelligent is like there's so many different levels that a child learns from having both a mother and a father figure in their life. And again, it, like you said, it doesn't have to be you know biological mom, biological father, but you know a male and a and a and a female or a woman and a man in their life growing up who is going to be a strong supporter in their development and love them. You know, because both the father and the mother, if we're just speaking on father, like they both love their child. Yeah. It's not like anything is more or less. Um, and it's not that the love is different, but I think it's coming from different vessels and there's different emotions. And I think that, I like think you it's said, it brings a well-roundedness. Like if you listen to how she just said that, how it said that is the execution of it is different, mm-hmm. which is like a different way of saying the exact same thing, which right. is like exemplifies what I'm saying, mm-hmm. what we're saying, which is literally like... At least my, me as a yeah. father, I'm going to do stuff or execute stuff differently. Right. Yeah. And uh, a mother would do stuff and execute stuff differently. Right. Yes. Same job might get accomplished, but it'll be different. And I think the difference is good. So is this why Chomper comes to me a lot of times and it gets away with things? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> my love is more. <laughs> well, what's funny is that dogs just as good as they are being trainable. Yes. They are also extremely good at training us. They are. They are. Yes. So it's like if you give them an inch, the next time they're going to take the second inch and the third inch until you correct well, them. And, uh, yeah, I only... and you got to see that yesterday when me and him were play fighting. Yes. And then he bit me too hard and turned my wrist like you said he sometimes does to you. Mm-hmm. And I immediately, not only did I end the game, but I, I didn't hurt him or anything. But I surprised him with the correction so fast that he yelped and then immediately stopped, stood up, shook it off, and like the game was over. Yeah, so what we're talking about for people now we're switching over to dogs, but basically it's like the same thing, <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about how dogs and children are very similar. But um we we obviously both play with Chomper in our own little way. Like we rough we rough house with him. My rough housing with him is completely different than than Javi's. And 
I have allowed him to go a little rougher when it comes to biting me. And, you know, usually I end the game, but he wouldn't even dare try that with him just because it's been shut down so quickly. And so it was interesting because when I saw it happen, Javi shut it down real quick. And I was like, oh, what happened? He's like, well, he did this. And I was like, oh, usually that goes a little farther with me and, you know, it becomes more painful basically. So, and that comes from me just not being stern enough consistent and consistent because i will at times shut it down very quickly and it's not to say that he doesn't listen to you no and he does he does but uh, how often do we put him on leash right yeah not not literally ever right when you train him when i train him he's off leash all the time if you tell him out if you tell him sit if you tell him whatever he'll do it just as well as he'll do it with me right so it all comes back full circle that it, the consistency in the discipline is actually a form of love. And I think a lot of individuals lack that. And so, again, they grow up to become adults and there's that lack of discipline. Which, and funny enough, mm. you can turn it in on yourself. Mm. And it goes back to the suffering thing. Mm. And it goes back to what I, I posted a comment on one of your videos not too long ago. Yeah. Which is said something like, we all know what we're supposed to do. Oh, yes. You know, we all know we're supposed to wake up, brush our teeth. We all know that we should work out 60 to 90 minutes a day every day. Yeah. Nope. Mm-hmm. We all know that we should eat more of this and less of that. And if we eat more of this, then we should do more of that. Right. And like, blah, blah, blah. I'm not here to give you nutritional advice or whatever. <laughs> yes. But... Like, because we know that, every time you don't do it, you should assume that, or create, no, Mm. you should create a consequence for yourself. Yes. If I don't do this, I mean, we were talking about another thing similar, but like the internal dialogue that I have with myself, if I don't accomplish something or if I don't do something that I set out to do, it's more crushing than just going out and doing the thing that I was supposed to do. Yes. So you might as well just do it. And it doesn't matter if you're depressed. I recently was yeah. very depressed. Yeah. Found out my surgery was a failed surgery. I don't oh. even have a time or date or anything like that. And I was explaining that. This is his like, knee, everybody. So this is a he'll he's gonna have knee surgery for the second time now. So yeah. yes. Yeah. And uh without a mental purpose, without mental direction, like I was kinda like losing track of what I was doing. And it was like hard to stay focused. But I laughed because even in that moment, I went in ice bath. I trained that day. I lifted the day before. And like mm-hmm. I still was there with my family and I was still present. I still built part of the, the garden and yeah. all this stuff. Like I was still doing all the things that I had to do. Right. But it was very clear that I wasn't in the in my typical mood. Right. And then you said, ah, that's discipline versus motivation. Correct. Yeah, I have no motivation to do it. But I know what the F I'm supposed to do. Yes. Yes. So just get up and do it anyways. It doesn't so, matter how you feel. Let's stop there because I want to do an episode on discipline and motivation because that is huge. And that's what people really struggle with. But we've already hit about 27 minutes. So I want to save that for the next one. Um, y'all, thank you so much for listening. This was great. And Javi, thank you so much for sharing bits of your story. I know there's so much more. And, you know, if you guys enjoy this, please share it. That's the only way that I get out there. Please follow me on all my social media handles as well. TikTok, threads, X, Instagram, all under SlickVigBA. And if you're looking for a group um, or a way to support me, if you go to the link in my bio, just click the link that has the Patreon group. Check it out. Join us. Um, It's an amazing community. But with that, I hope you guys all have a beautiful morning, an amazing afternoon and a wonderful, wonderful evening. Whenever you're listening to this, we'll talk to you soon.